Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. And we're recording. We are podcasting, official podcasting now. So uh, let's let's start with the elephant in the room. Uh, I'm Lee, and now we'll move on to other news. So, no, I'm just kidding. So... Um, Thanks, for Thanks. That's so rude. All right. Thanks for listening. I haven't voted Republican since the 1830s. Ollie Font. Oh, good. You'll get to vote for Steve Garvey then. So um, I more on that in a second then. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, yeah. So yesterday uh, you uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Celebrated, I guess, your first official Canadian Thanksgiving. And um, what what do people in the snow do during thanksgiving do you actually have to can you eat i mean the food's all frozen i'm assuming no you can't eat because it's frozen you, you actually you can't eat until march mid-may no mid-may basically oh, yeah. Yeah. It just depends yeah but if you're further north you just don't eat period because it never thaws that's right but what did you do seriously i mean the people uh, are i want to know the one listening to this show. Uh, actually did not have turkey I had other festive products, including festive. That's exactly right. Speaking of beer, what are you? uh, What is your festive beverage of the day? I'm drinking a um, uh, a a Sauvignon Blanc. No, I'm not. I'm drinking a a, a red wine. uh, Is what I'm drinking actually from Chateau Saint Michel, east of Seattle. I, I had a beer. Um, and then I was like, eh, it's an IPA. And I'm like, I don't really want anything too hoppy. So, yeah. I'm not a, so I'm not a fan of the hoppy stuff. I am drinking a fine, earnest cider, a huckleberry-flavored cider brewed with apples, blueberries, huckleberries, um, and honey. It's uh, fairly tart. Yeah, it sounds, quite, sounds quite good. It's um, a ruby-hued beverage. It's pretty tasty. 
mine is a red wine. I can't remember. I think it's a Cabernero. I believe that's what it's called. Cabernero. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, did you know that Paul Thomas Anderson's father was the one who did the Love Boat uh, voiceover? That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Actually true. Is that actually true? That's actually true. That is um, weird. Also, something that's true is, and we hit on this a little bit in the last podcast, is I feel bad for Chris. You can call him Chris Columbus because he, he's one of us, if you know what I mean. He is one of us, yeah. Um, yeah, Italian. Uh, sold for Spain. Who knows? But uh, so, you know, he had a day and then he didn't have a day. And it's not his fault. I mean, lots of bad stuff happened. I'm not saying that. But it's not his fault. And so... <laughs> The issue I have is that, you know, basically it's Indigenous Peoples Day or or whatever you people call it up uh, in the north. And I I don't think you know that I I was an American history major. So that means I know all of history ever for any nation. Correct. So a lot of people know this already, um, but I don't think a lot of the, the liberal leaning people do. The Clovis people Honestly, it's factual. One of the more arrogant original peoples. I mean, they were like the Richard Sherman of the original people. Very, very arrogant um, and, and talked trash all the time. So if they, but they were hit wiped like away. They hit like Richard. They were quick. If you can quick. hit like Richard, you can brag like Richard. Actually, they, they ran the bases like Bryce Harper last night is what they did. But <laughs> anywho. I uh, just wanted to throw that out there. I mean, for anybody standing up for the Clovis people, just uh, it's a very rude, um, you know, Asians. So, well, they were. Where is the show going? You're not cutting me off. I'm just well, kind of rambling. Well, it's gone. Nowhere <laughs> it's going. I don't mean Asians. It's gone. <laughs> I don't mean Asians now are rude. I mean, they were then when they crossed over the the, the ice bridge. Yeah, the ice bridge. Yeah, and there was no ice bridge. It's just there. You know, people were very cold to each other, so they just, you know, yeah. probably climbed over their enemies because that's what the Clovis people did. They were just so rude. Traded barbed comments and climbed over on the sting on the stings they hurled yeah. at each other. Everybody else was there in Andrews, and they were Richard Sherman. Basically, is how they approached the <laughs> the world. That that would work. That's our show. So anyway, um, forever and tune back in next <laughs> week for a Clovis People podcast. If you're still alive, <laughs> you're not. So, yeah, I'll, I'll mention the Steve Garvey thing. So he's running for Senate in California. I don't I, I don't know if you know that. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, I think oh. he just threw his hat, proverbial hat in the ring. Um, no, he's, the over 70, he's over 70 now, isn't he? Um, surely he is. He was 54 so. when he was a rookie in 70. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Because um, I'm thinking... I think the the minimum age seventy four office in the U S. Oh, there you go. Okay, yeah, because uh, RFK Jr. is uh, sixty nine, and he decided to run for president on the independent ticket. So, yeah, you have to be at least at least one hundred and eighty five to even throw your hat in the ring in the United States now. Yeah, so he he's running for Senate in the state of California. Originally from Florida, but I guess maybe never moved after he stopped playing for the Dodgers and Padres. But he is, uh, I got that, an email from Adam Schiff. Um, Adam Schefter uh, sent me an email uh, specifically about Steve Garvey. So, is it? 
Is it what? Is it Adam Schechter or Black what? Adam Schechter or Black Adam Schiff? Black Adam Schiff. That's it's funny because I I have I did end up buying one of those dark Biden coffee cups that they sell. <laughs> <laughs> Came with little stickers. So. That's pretty oh, awesome. It's a, yeah, dark, dark Brandon, dark Biden. I don't remember what it's. Dark Brandon, like, yeah. Is that what it is? Dark Brandon. I think it's dark Brandon, yeah. With the laser eyes, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you know that 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 plucky little gal from Georgia, you know, the one who talked about the Jewish space lasers. She was close. It wasn't Jewish space lasers. It was actually <laughs> Joe Biden up on the International Space Station. He had commandeered it, and he just cast his gaze. And lit it up, baby. Lit, lit it up. Lit it up. I uh, we'll talk Seahawks in just a minute. But since you spoke you of sure? Jewish space think. lasers, uh, oh, there was a bye week. I mean, there's nothing to talk about, right? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> so since, since you spoke of Jewish space lasers, what is your take on uh, the events of the last few days when well, Hamas? Well, I'm not sure if they had Jewish space lasers, they would have put them into action. So I guess they don't have Jewish That's space proof lasers. that they do not, yeah. yeah Unless they, it's American Jewish space ah, lasers. That's true. I think George Soros actually owns the Jewish space lasers. So, yeah, you would think he would. I was going to say owns all the Jews. And I was like, ooh, that's bad. That's bad. Can't go there. So anyway, yeah, what, do you, what are you thinking? What do you, I, 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 the reason I ask this is because. I'm glad know, I'm not there. Joe. Well. Joe. Joe. Joe Biden and uh, the president on the White House, and they probably would have done it no matter who the president was, but they had to lit it up in Israeli flag colors uh, last night. And, and, and you know, it's it's kind of a divisive, obviously. It's a divisive issue, but it's... It is. We, you know, and it, it's a... We're not going to talk about this very long, and we no. uh, could go on and on and on. But I guess there's a lot of people who, you know, the Palestinian people are in Hamas are kind of two different things but i mean yeah that's no press group of people but because yes. they're not the country wasn't formed by the united states basically and as a uh, a cornerstone to have a foot in the middle east um we we don't look at them the same as we do israel nothing i'm not saying anything anti-semitic or, or anti-israel at all we should basically be fair, right? I mean, Hamas is Hamas. I mean, that's a fairly evil organization. But the Palestinians are, they're not hanging out having fun all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just kind of kind of yeah. a weird thing. And, and that's the issue, because if the Palestinians weren't in the situation they were in, would Hamas exist or would Hamas have nearly as much sway as Hamas does? And, you know, then it gets to be... A pretty tangled situation so i'm just happy that i'm not living there it, it's in israel or palestine yeah pretty much because crazy places to live um that's yeah, true a lot of the world is in crazy places to live in and to a large extent that's the u.s has has had their hand in that as well so yeah, unfortunately sure. So back to President Steve Garvey. Um, yeah, yeah. So President that's Steve. our show. Anyway, what did so was, getting back to the Thanksgiving thing real fast? What, what did you? Well, you, I know there was no turkey. That's probably just nothing special. Uh, no, turkey is a fairly big thing up here too. We I, we just didn't have turkey, but it is a fairly popular dish. And I was happy to see because we happened to be in the grocery store 
Sunday, and I didn't see any frozen turkeys. You and was, Steve Garvey, which is cool. Yeah, I was. I'm his campaign manager. Oh. Vote for Popeye. I vote for Popeye. So <laughs> vote for right. chicken. Two, two pop. Two actually, it'd be more like two wives in every pot with Steve Garvey. But <laughs> uh, yeah, because we were talking about oh yeah, the whole thing about people going to grocery stores to buy a frozen turkey, a 30 pound frozen turkey. On Wednesday afternoon, thinking, oh, yeah, this will be good for next Thanksgiving, it might be. But, yeah, just lots of fresh turkeys. Didn't see any frozen, which is might be kind of the smart thing to do is just, you know what? Don't sell frozen turkeys, like, after Monday. Like, okay, and if you think you're going to cook this turkey, you're not. So we're not even going to let you buy it because we don't oh, want you to I'm sorry. I, today is not box, another boxing day where you box up all the leftover food? You box up all the frozen turkey that didn't cook. Um, so it's but it's handled the same way as that ate the poison turkey. As an American Thanksgiving, I mean, it's a, everybody's off work and it's a big traditional thing. I'm assuming. Yeah, a lot of things. A lot of places were closed. A lot of people they kind of because it's it's on a Monday, but it but in a lot of places are closed. But still, a lot of people they'll celebrate on the weekend. Some people will act. They'll get together on Saturday. Some will get together on Sunday. And then more will get together on Monday, but a lot of people still have to work. So, like schools were closed, but but it, it seems to be more of a weekend thing that wraps up on the Monday, whereas in the U.S. it starts on the Thursday and then it's a weekend thing, but it kicks off on Thursday. So which but two I, which two I football I, I play, teams always play? Is it the Argonauts? <coughs> Argonauts the Argos, always play. The Argos, well, they play every day. Very weird. <laughs> Go Argos in the playoffs again. Exhausted well, the by bombers, the day. The blue bombers appear to be uh, close to being anointed as the, the next uh, team to be. So we'll see how things play out. The blue bombers is that really a team? Yeah, it's really a team. Who? Who? who the moment who? I can't remember where the hell they're <laughs> from, but uh, yeah. Can we have someone in the in the booth, the recording booth? Uh, yeah, we don't actually have a recording booth because I'm calling it a recording booth. But maybe we could have somebody Winnipeg. research that. Winnipeg. Huh. Yeah. It came to me just as I was looking it up. Bombers. I wonder why they're the blue now, bombers. Now, now let me see. Yep, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I don't know, but they've been the Blue Bombers for a long time. So it's it's not like the Edmonton team, which used to be... Uh, Edmonton inappropriate name, and now they're the Edmonton Elks. Elks, that's interesting. Yeah, they're the Elks, which is a which is a cool name. I just thought they changed all their team names to Gretzky's <laughs> in Edmonton. <laughs> Might as well be. Uh, so Annie, what, what was that? Annie. Oh, I got an email. So uh, we're slowly getting into Seahawks stuff. Is, no, no, no. This is our social social media. For 12th Man, 12th Man Rising dot com. 12th Man Rising dot com. 12th Man Rising dot com. Your source uh, for entertainment delight. Yes, but not fake news. Um, but I got an email, and we get some change that. Some dumb stuff on social media, and every once in a while we'll get. Do some, we? Do we really? We do get some logical retorts. To I mean, because we're just a, it's all an opinion, right? Of what we're doing, we're not. Yeah breaking news i mean we wouldn't no. want to do that i mean that's what espn's for and and your people up there tsn but um what peeps. Assuming, yeah. what'd you say what was that my peeps 
Oh, I thought you said go peace, and I was like, TSN has its own. Yes, go peace. Yeah, go peace. <laughs> TSN go peace. Yeah. Um, Every time a war breaks out, they, they just 24, 24 7, they just roll it. Go peace. Switch and then they go back to sports after that. So it's Don Cherry everywhere, no matter what we're talking about. So, uh, <laughs> anywho, uh, what the hell? Was I oh, email. So, yeah, I got an email. So, uh, the email, so I can't remember when I did this yesterday, the day before, whenever it was. Whenever you're listening to this, it was either yesterday or the day before. Three never years happened. from now, it was yesterday or it the day before. It never happened. But I put a, I was talking about something that happened, uh, social media, within an article. Mm-hmm. I think it was the, um, <laughs> excuse me, I think it was the Geno Smith article about how 12 said reacted to, I, I, one, I, I posted the thing on Facebook about, oh, uh, do, do the Seahawks have a quarterback controversy? Now for the people listening to this podcast we can tell you no they do not have a quarterback controversy nor do we think they should have one but i well, asked the day before go ahead yeah but some people on social media swear up and down that they need to immediately move on from geno smith right yeah we're not for, making it up people are responding to responses right and that's basically what <laughs> i put in the article i said some 12s think so and and one of the responses to that was Something like, um, are you not? Oh, it actually said, are you nuts? And I'm like, well, did you read the headline? I mean, I know yeah. you didn't read the lead, for God's sake. But did you read the headline at least? Because <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. what what are you responding to? But anyway, I got to, I think in that article, I'd posted something about social media. And I said, I said, Facebook, um, Twitter, and then in parentheses, I put X or Elon Musk's untruth social. Close parentheses, right? Uh oh, uh oh. I know. And I thought, oh, it was just uh, who? I mean, even if you're uh, f- uh, someone who follows Trump, it's clearly it's it's a joke on Truth Social. But yeah, I mean, in a way, you could. Oh, I guess he's saying Trump is is being truthful because he made fun of it in in the ironic sense. But no, no, no. So I got an email. I don't know how people find my email, but I got an email just saying that I was a. Uh, I can say it on the podcast, saying I was a dickhead. They liked the article up until that point, but then I had to be all liberal about it. And I was like, I wasn't being liberal. I was just making a joke on Elon Musk and Twitter and how it's ridiculous. And there's a lot of untruth. But it's like yes. I had nothing to do with. I can, I'll, it's I'll be happy to go social on media. Period. Yeah. You know, exactly. 100%. Because that's what we've been seeing more and more lately is just yeah. it's a very toxic environment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people and left and or right. A year ago, we were complaining about people not reading the article. Now we're complaining about people not reading the headline. And, <laughs> and what? It's like, oh my god! And I got into an argument and then just basically blasted this guy and told him how incredibly stupid he was because he's complaining about that I wrote an article talking about no, we shouldn't worry about Jackson Smith and Jigba and went on for about five pages detailing reasons why we shouldn't worry about him. And he, he went on and on. I was like, well, wait, wh- why we are you bringing that up, Todd? You're the only one who thinks there is any kind of issue. Nobody yeah. else is every day. That at right? All. How many articles are posted every single day in national media? There's another one today in Sports Illustrated. Every single day, there's another one about, yeah. well, this is how they can fix them. This is how they can fix them. It's like, Every right. single day, there's another one. Well, and, and the point, and this kind of expands on what you're saying. It, the, we're not saying, because, you know, I, I agreed with what you wrote in the article, because it was, how would you not? 
why would you disagree with something? It wasn't like you were anyway. No, it doesn't um, matter. Even if I had said it's like, yes, there are a thousand reasons to worry about him. The point this guy was saying is no one is saying that. It's like, dude, everybody is saying that. That's yeah. what's stupid. Well, well like, I don't care bu- if you disagree with what I'm saying. If someone disagrees with what I'm saying, because again, you know, it might be I have gathered some facts and I base my opinion on those facts, but it's still opinion. And if they say, oh, dude, you're wrong, that doesn't mean what you think it says. Entirely fine with that because odds are I am wrong. Oh, man. Yeah. If people want to disagree with something that I put that I write and they they give me like, this is why you're wrong. Yeah. Boom. And I will like it and I will say, thank you for your response. I do that all the time. Exactly. But if you say, oh, you're I mean, start insulting people. I don't we don't insult people. That's not. That's well, not what I get to how, the point where I do when they're that when they well after it evolves, but you're not knee jerk stupidity. No, I don't. But it gets to the point where like, dude, you're not listening for like the fourth time now. I'm wasting time responding to your idiocy because uh, you're so stupid you don't realize that yes, people are talking about this. Like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna tell you what you are, and then I'm done, and I'm not responding to your. Asinine right, right, exactly, because they're just baiting, baiting you at that point. Yeah, I am. Um, I, the only other part of that, really, that well, a couple of things, because this is getting us into Seahawks <laughs> talk, which is good, because that's what we're here for, Seahawks show. What? Um, a couple of things. I, the thing I get tired of seeing the most is uh, something to this, to the sense that oh, it's because he's not being targeted. Oh, that's completely false. He right. is the third most targeted receiver on yeah. the team. He's only three behind DK. He's getting his targets. So yeah. throw that out. He's he's not he's not not getting the ball. It's when he's getting it is the issue. And exactly. that leads me to the other issue, which is a real concern, is that, okay, the Seahawks know how to use DK and they know how to use Tyler, right? Right. right. But whenever they've had a third receiver, even D. Eskridge, he's Thank you. Jackson Smith and Jigbo is basically doing what D. Eskridge exactly. did. Exactly, and I even mentioned that. It's like, oh, D. Eskridge knows this 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 play book, right? That's like, oh, let's let's throw him out in the flat. Let's let's throw him the ball three yards behind the line of scrimmage and let's yeah, see on third and eleven, let's throw a, a screen pass, basically, and you know, he'll really pick funny. up three yards. And that's really funny. And I like Mike Bumpus a lot of the stuff he writes. But he wrote something just a couple, it might have been even yesterday, talking about, oh, and they need to put him out in crossing routes. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. It's like, right? Except, dude, two weeks ago, you literally said they should be doing what the Dolphins are doing and throw balls in the flat and throw them screens. Like, that is what they're doing. Yeah. You know, dude, what are you looking at? I know he pays attention, but he just must. one of the rare times he's just kind of had his brain went on hold or something. <laughs> and I mean, it happens to me like every other thing I write. So I'm not knocking him. It's just that, you know, you look at stuff and it's like, okay, they are trying this and it might make sense, except this is literally what they've been doing. And this is literally not working. And right. this is exactly what has never worked with the Eskridge. Like you said, it's like, I, I, they didn't do it from Marquis Goodwin though. Well, no, I, but he didn't get the ball. I agree with what you're saying 100%. No, he, but they didn't, didn't, they the didn't just like, oh, let's throw screens to our third receiver. It's I'm like just they, wondering if they, it was because of his experience, though. Yeah, and I kind of get that, except he's a first-round draft pick. And yeah, he was no, incredibly explosive, and he has uh, – what were they looking at in camp? And they kept on well, talking about we how see phenomenal he was. <laughs> right. And then we saw all of a sudden – Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, there's a lot of things that could go into it. I mean, right? It could be adjusting to the speed of the game because that's entirely different in the regular season. When you don't have DK be, speed and you're not the fastest. I mean, he's not right. slow, but he's also not the fastest receiver. Therefore, he has right. to use his ability to route run and his quickness and his experience, which he doesn't have, to actually right. be successful. And he's been the experiences when he doesn't have the other two things. Supposedly, he's got right. I In mean, space, he has right. a surfeit of talent and route running and you know all the rest and he'll, of us and he'll be fine we should probably preface everything we're saying by he'll be fine we're not saying he's a bust it's four freaking games into his exactly. career exactly a lot of hall of fame wide receivers haven't had didn't have the greatest first four games well that's plus, not jerry plus, ross had 300 yards receiving in his first game <laughs> plus they didn't have a weren't recovering from a broken wrist and that could be a little bit of it too yeah. And and the other thing is that whatever reason, and this goes back to before the, the offensive coordinator before Shane Waldron, and I like Shane Waldron, but they don't know how to run screens. And, and if Bumpus brings that up, he should probably think, again, I like Shane Waldron a lot. Yeah. But if somebody said, if Mike McDaniel today says, you know what, I think I want to be the Seahawks OC, I'd be like, okay, bye, Shane Waldron. Thank you for your time here. Yeah, because no McDaniel, McDaniel just has the way he i mean it's near genius the way he's designed that offense and and a a screen quote-unquote screen pass with the dolphins is going to be designed a whole hell of a lot different than what the seahawks do yeah now if he's talking about bumpus that could very well be what he meant was that design them the way the dolphins run them you know the quote didn't say that but you know how quotes can be he may very well have gone into very fine detail and maybe that was left out of the quote yeah, that's true. Definitely, definitely could be it. And it could be something because he he's on the show the every day, Monday through Friday. Well, he does yeah. he does the pre and post game for the Seahawks broadcast. You may know all this. And then he uh, has a he and another person have a radio show from um it goes from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. No, that's not right. Nine no yeah 10 a.m. I'm having to do math in my head three hours back. Um, anyway, it's a, it's the afternoon show or late morning uh, and then to early afternoon show on Seattle sports every day. And, and I, I listen to him almost daily, Monday through Friday. And lately he's been a little bit more grumpy and which is weird because he's like the least grumpy person in the world. That's weird. Um, so I don't know if something's going on or what, but um, yeah, I mean, he I, I, and I like him. I like what Bumpus and, and you pointed out you I like do too. Him too. And it's just yeah. he, he made that that one and and you could be right it could be that he's just whatever he was discussing whoever put the article together left that part out which is a key part yeah. of what he would have said because he did reference the dolphins he did say it'll do what the dolphins are doing i didn't say do it the way the dolphins are doing it all they and, do is run up the middle be, <laughs> yeah it could be that that's what he meant to say too and that makes sense if that was the context of it as far as having uh, JSN running crossing routes, uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, too. I'm not saying what he says. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
doesn't make sense. It's just a, from that quote, it's like, that's what they've been doing. And they are notorious for doing that with, like you said, with the third receiver. And gee, why isn't this guy picking up yards? Just because you're not giving them the chance to. Right. And and going a little bit more into that, again, part of the issue is that the Seahawks have had guys like, well, they're better than you and me, but guys like you and me blocking, right? So they haven't spent a lot of time like, okay, we're going to let this play develop and throw downfield. They've basically kept everything, you know, right. fair, relatively short compared to what they normally do. So yeah. there's more DK and there's more Tyler because if I'm the quarterback, I know what those guys can do, especially in tight coverage, which is what you're going to have in exactly. shorter routes and no offense to jsn but he just hasn't developed he hasn't had time to develop that kind of rapport with geno smith so if it's third and eight and i'm they stink on third and long but if it's third and 15 and i'm like okay i'm gonna try to get this i'm not gonna probably go to the rookie unless he's open even if dk or tyler in tight coverage i know what i know what they've done i know what they can do because i've seen it happen before if i'm geno smith so yep agreed 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 and especially that <laughs> four games in, not time to worry about it. I know but, it needs to be cut. I agree. Oh, you were going with something else. There. <laughs> but yes, people are talking about what can be done. I'll, I'll, you know, and granted, Todd, you're wrong. They could have had Jalen Carter pick 20 instead of JSN. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, but uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's almost like. This could be the week he he explodes, you know. It just it only takes one one game, and yeah, eventually he's exactly. gonna do that. Yeah, he will. So, but yeah, I mean, we just and it's I I, I just agreed with you. I, I agree with you as far as you know. We put out an article, and our articles are not always great. We're not saying that, but we put out an article that it's like awesome. some of the people who read. 12th Men Rising, thank you for reading 12th Men Rising. Don't read anything else but 12th Men Rising. Like, oh, this I've never heard of this before. It's like everybody's everybody's talking about it. Field goals talked about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever the Seahawks Sports Illustrated side is, uh, they talk everybody's talking about it. The Seattle Times had an article about it. It's we're not yeah. making stuff up. No. Right. Well, we do sometimes. But not about this. Right, right, right. Like uh, Drew Locke and uh, overcoming uh, Geno Smith to be QB1. Yes. <laughs> it's just it was, so laughable. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I mean, I put the article together just because I was like, oh, okay, this will be a fun article since I got several yeah. responses back on social media. And then it's like people were responding to the yeah. article without reading literally the headline that says some 12s yeah. think so. Not me. As as usual. Way too many people. And and again, I'm not particularly pissed off about it today, although frequently I am. And it's not because they don't read the art, the headlines on our site, because they don't go beyond the headlines and read articles. It's because that's how they live their lives. Right. You know, there's like one guy wrote, he's like, well, I don't have time to read. Like, yeah, people well, don't have time to read. It's like, well, well then why, why, are, you why, why are you on the site? If you don't have time to read, why are you on the site? I mean, I'm glad you're on the site, but it's like, what's what, how does it benefit you? I don't understand right. that. Do you not understand the point of this site? It's got articles that are posted to it. Sometimes we post articles from other places. We're not just posting a bunch of headlines. That's what The Onion does. <laughs> how they and they're good lives. at it. Yeah, they are good um, at it. But it's just, it, it's frustrating that 
They have zero capability of critical thought. They don't even attempt it. And these people, again, can vote. And that's what pisses me off. It's like, you're going to complain about something that you didn't even bother to read. And I guarantee you, 90% of these people are doing the same thing about political commentary. And they haven't, they haven't read a word about it. They're just going by what they've heard someone else say. And it fits with their weird little worldview. So then they go off on a rant and then they vote accordingly. It was like stupid Clovis pathetic. people. Exactly. That's what they are. <clears throat> Clovis descendants. Surprise. I even got that out without tripping over my tongue. So. Congratulations. Oh, other Seahawks. Have, yeah. I forgot we're a Seahawks show. Um, we're, a, we're a bitch and complain show today. And, you know, we talked about the week four last week. So what's there to talk about? Actually, there's a bunch of stuff to talk about, including injuries. So it looks like Charles Cross, hopefully. Charles Cross? Charles nice. Cross is back to practice. I mean, he hasn't played in decades. Um, <laughs> I hope he doesn't get concussed on play nine. But um, Charles Cross came back to practice yesterday, but Pete Carroll is still hesitant to say, yeah, he's going to play because they want to see, you know, he's got a toe sure. injury, turf toe injury, and uh, being a, a bigger guy, yeah. which, of course, he is. I don't mean that disrespect. I feel, I feel like I have to, like, Put a disclaimer in everything we say just based on what we've seen in social media. Like, oh, he's a big guy. I was like, well, yeah, he's a left tackle. He's a big guy. He's a big human <laughs> being. Um, that's part of the job. Tom, but anyway, playing left tackle. Tom that would be beautiful. <laughs> I got Tom Hardy at right tackle, so I'm set. Um, well, if you had Tom Hardy at right tackle, like, <laughs> that's right. Like, like six, like six, guys talking to me. Open, I want him to be all right. Talking. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, Charles Cross could be, could be back for week six. Um, you know, the weird thing about Charles Cross, who, who is good and should only get better, but the, the issue is that have they really been that much worse without Charles Cross? I mean, Stone Forsyth, this is breaking news, which happened three weeks ago, which I think we've all forgot about. Remember what they actually signed Jason Peters? Yeah. Stone Forsyth's been so good, they haven't needed a future Hall of Famer to step into the game. So, Although, so, they were saying, didn't Pete say something that Peters is uh, ready to step in this week if needed? Well, he was he was ready before, but actually they're talking about maybe playing him at guard. That's what I thought, right? At guard. Yeah. And uh, has he played guard before? I mean, he's a mammoth human being, but... I mean, sure he could, because he's, he's... I think he's got played offensive game. line, like entire okay. offensive line. So he's up to the task, I think. So they're just going to they're going to use him at guard and they're going to have Bradford at guard and they're just going to be like, OK, we've got twelve hundred pounds coming at you. <laughs> Basically, oh, my God, because the Bengals run defense is not very good. Um, yeah. yeah and they, they may have to play Peters at guard because I think Lewis is I don't I don't know his because, you know, we they they don't practice at all during their bye weeks because they can't do the league rules. And so yesterday they actually got back so cross played. Um, Jamal Adams could be cleared for uh, concussion protocol as soon as through concussion. I can't speak English. Who has a concussion? Oh, I must do. Um, but he could be cleared through the protocol as early as today, so he might be able to to play uh, Sunday as well. Um, I, I don't know. A boon. It would be, of course, against the Giants. It's against the Giants, unless you're Daryl Taylor, you probably got a quarterback hit. 
What's going on with that guy? No quarterback hits, no sacks in that game, and he played 52% of the snaps. Yeah. Um, not to say I told you so, but did I not? Did I not back in August say I wish they could trade this guy for some interior? Help? Oh yeah, and they should have. You know, but you know, I hope he turns. Yeah, I think you actually you did. You wrote an article about it, and then I got an email from his mom. I don't know why that happened. <laughs> She used some curse language. Again, and this is a this is a UT Vol, and I am a fan of the UT Vols, and he was excellent for the Vols, but he has been very one. He was the only person on that team that was excellent. Basically, oh my God, and uh, you know he he was he's been very one dimensional for the Seahawks, and that one dimension is not there this year. So what's the point? I don't know. Well, you know what's going to happen? It's going to be there for four or five games when he has seven sacks in those in that. Yeah, string of games. That's what he does every year. Yeah, yep. and then he doesn't do anything. Although I, I know that's coming. Time, time to go off, buddy. Because yeah, exactly. Yeah, because at this point it's like, why give him any snaps? He's not doing anything. Except, except I mean, he lost drawing terrible penalties. <laughs> did, did anybody on the planet? <laughs> Like, think Goff still had the ball other than Daryl Taylor? Dude, I hate to field. cut you off, but last night I was walking through my house. We were watching Lost, going through that whole series. And I was heading to my kitchen. I got hit from behind. Turned around, it was Daryl Taylor. I was like, dude. <laughs> don't doubt it. <laughs> it's just I don't have the ball. Felix has the ball. He's like, not tackling Felix. I wouldn't Felix either. I don't blame him on that one. Maybe it's like Christian Coy. Um, so uh, <laughs> the Christian equality of cats. That's right. <laughs> That's what he says. His little, his little <laughs> name tag on his that he wears because he's all chained up. I don't don't know why he's like that. So the hell. Oh, so injuries. But yeah. Um. Yeah, but yeah. Taylor, of course, he, he lost his starting job to Boye Mafe anyway. Um. Eleven sacks, fourteen quarterback hit, quarterback hits, and that guy doesn't do anything. I, yeah. I mean, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Was he trying? I don't know. It's it's weird. I mean, he's, he's technically he's a restricted free agent next year, but the way he's playing, it's like, I mean, I guess the Seahawks would put some kind of tender on him, but I wouldn't want him back. I wouldn't. And I don't mean any disrespect to the guy as a human being. No, but he's not producing at all. Yep. So you know, it's like, but like you said. Uh, if he plays according to form, and I'm sure he will, he'll have a game coming up within the next two or three weeks. He'll have two and a half sacks. Yeah, uh, yep, 100%. And, 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 and a couple quarterback hits on top of that. In the meantime. And, and one of those would be on Geno. <laughs> probably. And in the meantime, he'll just like be a turnstile for any running back going by because that's been his <laughs> game his entire career, sadly, yeah. uh, with the, in the pros. Yeah. Well, it's, I'll, I like that Derek Hall has stepped up, um, especially in in run sport because he's yeah. when when Mafe or uh, Nusu are not in the game, then you know at least Hall is. Um, but yeah, so uh, what else was I going to discuss as far as injuries? Uh, I guess Andy Dickerson's fine. Let me just go through the list here. <laughs> Andy Dickerson, like oh my God, he's going to be gone next year. Yeah, That's doing a, a Q&A with uh, Stripe Hype, who does the uh, Cincinnati nice. Bengals fan-sided thing. And 
Are they are they hiring Dickerson as their OC next year? Well, the, the one of the questions there was like eight questions, and one of them was like, why why are the Seahawks three and one? And I said Andy Dickerson. It's like that's why they're three and one. Yeah, because this guy is. I mean, I, I expanded on it, but and, and as part of it, but I was like, without Dickerson, then right. the, they could be the New York Giants. Yeah. Yeah, how many talk, times did they talk about how the Giants' offensive line was banged up? And it's like, they, to their credit, they did mention, I think, twice that the Seahawks had one starting player. And they did mention that Evan Brown was playing out of position later in the game. I think they actually managed to mention that. But they must have talked about the poor, banged-up Giants' offensive line like a dozen times. It's like Because yeah, they weren't doing up. their job and the Seahawks yeah. were. So, it's, I mean, that's they were focusing on the negativity. Right. And it was extremely negative. And then, you know, I I mean, the Dolphins, what was it, 31-16 this past week? Something like that, yeah. Um, And then they have the Bills next. I mean, they're just, it's weird because they weren't, they were good enough to make the playoffs last year. And this isn't a Giants show, but it's, I just, yeah, exactly. I just don't know what we saw from the Seahawks pass rush. That was a lie in that game. Oh, That's yeah. not going to happen again. No, they haven't. They had five sacks in the no. first three games. They're not going to have, have 11 sacks again. I mean, that they, well, they should. That's the expectation. They set the bar 11 sacks every game. <laughs> now, Otherwise, they all need to be fired. Now, if they can get three or four sacks every game yeah. and occasionally get five or six, they're doing their job. That would be pretty awesome. And they're going to have to get pressure this week yeah. against Joe Burrow, who. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the Bengals, you know, we had somebody say something on social media, right? When we said, oh, the Bengals are atrocious. They're not really atrocious. They were like sleeping, a sleeping giant. And then against a, a Cardinals team that lacks a lot of talent, but they play their asses off. Mm-hmm. And that coach, the coach may get fired after this year. It's one year in Cardinals. He shouldn't because he's got those guys playing he's got hard. Playing. Yeah. And, and whatever he's told them, you know. It has worked. I mean, they're, they're are in. they the best team? No, they're going to lose by far the majority of their games, but they probably won't stop playing hard. So they're always a danger to whoever they are playing. Yeah. And the Bengals went in and, and offensively, it took them a little bit of time, but offensively, even without T Higgins, they, they looked good. I mean, you know, I could get that one and they proven with the same type of players. They haven't really lost that many players. They've gained players, especially offensive line, which has been bad for no reason. But the last two years, they've proven they are a Super Bowl caliber caliber team. I mean, they barely they shouldn't have lost to the Rams except for that one bad call by the official. And then they they why people look at the Bengals and say, oh, they're atrocious. It's like, well, when they beat the Seahawks, thirty eight to seventeen, they got up to a bad start. And the thing is, they <laughs> that's been their history in the past several yeah. few years that they get up to best slow starts. And then they turn into, oh, look, they're in the AFC championship game. Right. Every oh, look, year. They just won their sixth straight years. Super Bowl. But <laughs> I, I mean, I mean they're yeah. that good. They're, they are good enough to do that. Seattle's clearly good enough to beat them, and I hope Seattle does, obviously. But <clears throat> there's no way that they can go into Cincinnati and not and revert back to not getting any pressure on the quarterback, and Burrow's just going to sit back there. On third and however, because Seattle gives up 52% of third down conversion so far this year. Burroughs just, it's going to take long, you know, going to do long drives. They're going to score points. They don't care about, I mean, this year they don't care about the explosive play so much. They may get one or two, 
but they're going to be content with just driving down the field and scoring points because I'm hoping that the Seahawks every week they've gotten better as far as total yards. Last last game they played, obviously they looked really good against a, a talking about atrocious Giants offense. Yeah. So I'm hoping that they meet find a middle ground versus week two versus like week one and like okay we can get like you said three or four sacks. Because if they don't get any pressure, as good as the secondary might be, it doesn't matter how good your secondary is if they're not getting any help from the front. So yeah. they've got to do that. And and they, they I stopped one too. But you know the, what's concerns me the most about the Seahawks third down, both sides of the ball, it's like they're not stopping the other team. Like you said, more than half the time, the other team's converting on third down, and the Hawks. Was it the, the Lions game, I think, they completed? They converted like 6 of 11, something like that. But other than that, they've been atrocious. Yeah. I think they're 31st in the NFL. Uh, I believe that's The right. Giants are ahead of them. <laughs> Jesus Seriously, Christ. I'm not making that Yeah, up. I know, I know. Like, they've been god-awful on third down virtually every game. And it's just... Yeah, I don't... What's and, going on? But, and, of course, and, part of the time is like when you... Like you had mentioned earlier on, it's like, oh, it's third and eleven. Let's let's dump the ball off to JSN two yeah. yards deep behind the line of scrimmage and see if he can pick up 14. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Or, I uh, okay, we've got I DJ in the game. Right, yeah. I got DJ in the game, and it's third and 11, and we'll just send him an out, out into the flat, and he'll catch it and get four yards, and then we'll punt. I mean, yeah. that's... I don't understand what, what they're doing on some of those plays. Overall, Shane Waldron's been excellent. Absolutely agree. But on third down, what do, do you want? Did Michael Dixon slip you? Like he's like, hey, I give you an extra five thousand <laughs> this week if you get me six punts. He's like, no problem, buddy. That's right. Like, why do you keep on calling these plays? And I understand part of it, of course, is predicated because of the offensive line. That's why they're that's why they're playing with two tight ends, three tight ends on a lot of these sets. We get that. That's yeah. Nothing pisses I mean, it, me off more. It could than, just be. Oh, yeah. you cut out there for a minute. Um, nothing, it's just, it's just, just infuriating. It's just, <laughs> it's just infuriating nothing. when you need like 11 yards and you throw the ball five yards deep. Yeah, sometimes that happens. But you know what? Sometimes you actually have to throw the ball past the chains. You have well, and to and compound go for the, that. The frustration is the fact that if that were the other team, the Seahawks defense on the field, they would just throw it uh, an out route or over the middle and pick up 12 yards. Yeah. And, uh, oh, that looks easy. It's like, oh. Mm. I mean, we're still <laughs> complaining about it, mostly complaining about a team that's three and one, but they've played two bad teams and, right. and they need to play better, especially this and, and week. Well, they can play better. They can play better, and especially in third down. I mean, yeah. they'd be four and oh if they'd be, if they played better in third down. Actually, I have an article coming out in 11 minutes. Just <laughs> on that. Two minutes. Damn it, I guess wrong. <laughs> At 2 o'clock uh, <clears throat> Eastern Time, 11 Pacific. Just It's a three-pager, and two of it is one page is third down Headlines. offense, and the other page is <laughs> uh, another page is third down defense. And it's all just headlines. Yeah, it's just, well, that's what people want. That's what people want, so I give them what they want. Is there a lead? I actually wrote a thousand page article, which was, I thought was Pulitzer worthy and it got three views, but I, then I posted one just of headlines, a million views. Just crazy. Uh, I don't doubt it. Yeah. I'm going to write a hard article that just has made nothing but the word lead. 
and see if anyone <laughs> figure right. out what lead means. Like the guy's complaining and he's like, oh, like, dude, you don't even know what the word lead means. He's trying to be uh, smart, right? He's like, oh, lead. It's like, are yeah. you talking about the headline? Also, if you're talking about yeah, exactly. what I posted in the, in the post, Facebook post with uh, the article attached, that's also not a lead. <laughs> a lead is like summarizing either a paragraph or a sentence that summarizes what the article is about. It's, I'm just asking the same question the article, the headline is asking. It's like, so don't. They just read the lead. Well, they'd have to click on the article then. Thank you. Yeah, he remembered it from 11th grade, and he knew it. It's like, that's some kind he of a Spelled it right. Term. I think I'll use that. He did. All the credit to him for that. Probably spell check fixed it for him, though. So. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah. We do then, appreciate the 99% of the oh, readers of 12th 100% we, celeb- we celebrate the 99%. Yeah, for sure. It's just the, the rare, incredibly weird people who have really dumb comments and 60% don't of the time it works headphones. every time it's true so, that's speaking of sex panther that's uh, <laughs> so uh that's what it was called right sex panther. i believe that's i believe, it, I believe it. uh anchorman people are like what are you talking about i'm tuning this out you guys are ridiculous um we're not making you're, that up you're, you're ridiculous but uh, uh, and just to kind of end before we move on to our Rob Gordon's one hope I do have is that Seattle decides to run the ball early, which they've been doing more and more lately. But run the ball early and then stick with it, even if it's not working, because the Bengals rush defense so far That's is atrocious. Yep. Yes. And if you've got two two big guys in the middle and you get cross back and Brown's been fantastic all year long, I think then you need to be able to run the ball. I mean, as much as I like Kenneth Walker, I wouldn't mind if Charbonnet got almost as many reps as Walker does this game, because I think this is the kind of game he could be really efficient in, uh, yes, just running straight at the run defense. For the, <clears throat> I wouldn't would would mind seeing like 45 carries in this game. By Charbonnet and 45 by Walker? Yeah. Just just go full Alexander on them both. It's like, we don't need them next year. We'll get new running backs. Pete Use Alexander. them, baby. Use them. <laughs> um, people are like, who's Pete Alexander? So, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. 45K. I mean, if just and they plus it. Run. Why not run? And if you and if you get that many carries and hopefully somewhat efficient doing it or somewhat productive doing it, that means you're eating clock in the Bengals defense or offense is not on the field. So I mean they had the talent. Walker and Charbonnet are both good. We it's funny because in the preseason we're like Charbonnet, I don't know, and then the season starts and it's like oh wow, it's kind of yeah, the opposite right? of JSN. Yep. So exactly. but yeah, I mean, he's, and then JSN will get there. But yeah, Charbonnet is like both of us were off and on. It's like uh. I don't know. Sure. Pete loves this guy in the preseason, but like I ain't seen that. Well, Pete obviously saw it because, wow. Pete loves this guy. Oh, they just really Sherbonet. Um, Cause that's what happens. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm, Pete does love everybody and, and <laughs> no matter what. And then, and then the next thing you know, I was like, Oh, he's playing for the Eagles. Yeah. How weird. Yeah. Yep. So speaking of coaches, our Rob Gordon's today are, our five favorite coaches of all time. I just thought of something else I wanted to bring up real fast before we get into the Rob Gordons. 
well, in that case, what was give, it? Just sir? give me 30 minutes. So, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I put out a mock draft uh, really early, yeah, yeah. early mock draft, you know, just for fun. Yeah. yeah Through 2020, I actually should. I could do a 2025. Or, but anyway, I put a mock draft out and I use Pro Football Network's mock draft simulator, which is fantastic because you get trades. Yeah. One of the responses I got to that was, Jeez. Um. Oh, the Seahawks only have two uh, third-round picks in your mock draft. Good research. And I was like, I did respond to that one. I was like, clearly you didn't read the first page that says there were trades involved, and I took a couple of them. So that's why I ended up. It literally says that's why I ended up with two third-round picks instead again, of three. Again, that moron votes. So yep. thank you. Stay home that day, okay? Yep. Just shut your Swiss cheese mind and don't vote. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care if you vote liberal, Republican, Communist Party, neo-Nazi, whatever, dude. It's like or whatever you know, your, your thought is. process doesn't need to be in society. Stay yeah. away. Thanks. Yeah, I'm just like, you know what happened? I skipped the first page because there was no picks on there. And then you just went to page two where it's like, oh, that's the first page. It's like they didn't, didn't even bother to read it. But um, anywho, Stop. I. I didn't commenting have, on things you don't read. That's yeah. all I ask. Stop doing book reports for books you haven't read. No kidding. No kidding. Um, but I had Michael Penix Jr. in the third round, because, not because I think he was no, in the third round, but, <laughs> <laughs> but because that's where pro, I thought, what did I say? What did I say? That's where Pro Football Network had him. He, he was still there in the third round, so I took him in the third round. And then, uh, no offense to, I mean, no offense to Matt Holm, who's one of our fantastic writers at 12th Moon Rising, but he had commented among the things about, oh, maybe Joe Milton. And I had to comment on that, and I was like, just please know Joe Milton, because, yeah. and and it's like, I'm I'm ready for somebody to say, oh, Joe Milton, oh, yes, please argue with me about Joe Milton, the guy I see play yeah. every game. Um, and no offense to Milton, and we kind of raved about him when we had Andrew yeah. on this summer. I thought he was going to take a next step, but he's actually for some reason gotten worse in what he did. The guy has a huge arm. I mean, it's Anthony Richardson type arm, right? But he's so inconsistent on his deep passes. Still, he's gotten better, but he's still really inconsistent. And he just doesn't seem to have a knack for, I can run. Maybe I should run. It's just there's no way I want him to be the Seahawks. He would be developmental for years not just oh like he'll rest for a year and then he'll be a starter it's like no 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 anthony richardson he had issues throwing it intermediate routes supposedly right? right well milton has issues throwing it short and deep which is what you can't have as an nfl quarterback yeah the other stuff you can teach but anyway i just wanted to throw that in there mm. if they end up with michael Penix, great they won't they won't end up with him because he'll go higher than they want to take him oh yeah i'm sure he will that's weird that they project him in the third, but but like you said, it's like if, <laughs> if people, people do the fall, people do fall in the draft, right? As we know, and it's like if he does, then why wouldn't you take him? Of course you would. I mean, two is a lefty, but yeah. he may have gone. He went number five, didn't he, or something like that? I believe that is correct, sir. If he was right-handed, he probably would have gone number one. I mean, I believe, I believe that is correct, sir. You have to have a good offensive-minded coach, and even though the Dolphins don't have that, um, no, no, I'm just it's a shame. It's a shame they don't. So, yes. Anyway, back to our Rob Gordons, which are <laughs> our five favorite coaches of all time in the last three months. Yes. So, do you want to? I've got 
three honorable mentions. I could have had one I honorable also, mention. I also, I also have three honorable mentions. So your voice got So you want to go ahead and, and mention to the okay. great audience of myself. I'll give, my, I'll give you my three honorable mentions. My three honorable mentions are, and you'll realize the common thread here, the theme that runs throughout my honorable mentions when you hear the names. They're all Dolphins coaches. Close. Adolph Rupp, Gino Ariema, and Bill oh. Belichick. <laughs> a little bit like said, <laughs> so I didn't even hear the other two. I was like, you started with. Yeah, you pretty much don't have to once you hear Adolf Rupp, right? So, yeah, it's like they're all. Really, you have Ms. Honorable Mitchell. Why, why do you have the Nazi? They're, they're all bastards. It's like, it's like they're, they're the anti-favorite coaches. It's like these are, these are just, you know, not, not good humans. So, yeah, they're all cheaters and scum. So that's why I have them. Although Adolf Rupp is the worst of the three, uh, as far as I know, although I wouldn't be too surprised about Gino or, or Bill uh, climbing up into the stratosphere of the beloved qualities of Adolf Rupp, the human being. So, yeah, those are. I mean, but Belichick has proven that he can still be successful without Tom Brady. <laughs> he has. You know, the those... thing is, the thing is, if this <clears throat> if he wasn't a cheating bastard it wouldn't be as bad but people who keep on they keep on with this crap at all he's the greatest coach of all time what do you expect him to do well i expect him to still win without yeah. are you really the best quarterback of all time because the real great coaches they do that yep did you um hear colin cowherd's recent comments about uh, belichick and no. pete carroll i don't know um <clears throat> I can't Cal Hurd, I can I mean he's a he's a West Coast uh, Seattle guy but yeah sometimes I he's one of those talking heads where she just says stuff to talk sometimes which annoys me yeah but in his defense this time only because he praised the uh, Seahawks coach um he mentioned he was talking about Belichick and he was like you know the mark of a great coach a truly great coach and he wasn't saying Belichick wasn't a great coach but he was kind of saying maybe he was overrated a bit I guess he's but he said coach. Yeah, well, he said truly the mark of a great co- uh, mark of a truly great coach is that you can take turn you make turns and you're still successful. He said Belichick has taken one turn. He changed from uh, the Washington State guy to Tom Brady and then bam. He said Pete Carroll has done it four times yep. and still been successful. He's like that's unheard of. It's ridiculous. Because he took over a team that had nothing. He made them, yeah, they went 7-9, and nine, still made the playoffs, and won, beat the Saints yep. in the wild card game. And then, he, of course, you know, it, it's switched from that, and then Russell showed up, and then he switched from Russell to, and really, it's just a whole thing as far as refocusing the offense from, and he's not the offensive coach, but he's still the <laughs> head coach. So he yeah. gets blamed defensively or offensively, and he also should exactly get credit right. offensively and defensively. Yeah. But he turned that into – I'm just going to go ahead and say Pete Carroll, by the way, is my number one coach. So I'm just going to start well, with number Well, he's also my number one. Uh, uh, and it's not just because of the job he does coaching. It's the way he coaches, the way he exactly. treats his players as human 100%. beings. 100%. I completely agree, and that's exactly why he's my – the way yeah. he, his positivity uh, yeah. and how he gets – people every team even the older players they may not buy in completely but he takes every team and gets them to buy into a certain focus but he does it with a, a positivity 
that maybe irritates some people for some reason because we hate positivity. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's just. And, and then I, those players who got sick of it at the time come back yeah, and work for the team. Exactly. Of all. Yeah. Earl Which Thomas, says more about the person. I'm not going to hold coach. my breath on Earl Thomas coming back and working with the team. I don't think we want him to come back though. Mm, probably not. Uh, and I hope I hope Earl Thomas is doing okay because yeah. I hope Earl, he and right. his family are both one. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, yes, the um, same reason that I got Pete number one for sure. Yeah. So then we'll back up. So I, I my honorable mentions. So Pete's number one for both of us, and I appreciate yep. that from you because I mean you're you know. You're who you are, a Canadian. Um, you could have gone with uh, yeah, Don Terry or something. I did. I did go with Don Terry. I'm lying. Uh, my honorable mentions are the opposite of yours, by the way. I I'm glad. Like, um, I I've got I had Quayu Graham. Oh, um, good call. Then I had Phil Jackson. Uh, I liked yeah. him even when he was with the Lakers, but I really liked him with the Bulls. It's the same kind of thing. It was a very cerebral right. approach and tried to improve the right. the minds of his players. And then uh, Bill Walsh. I know that's sacrilege, but just uh, he's in your honorable thing, mentions. I'm shocked that he's only in your honorable mentions. Yeah. Well, the, re- the reason Walsh is well, he's been surpassed. You'll I think you'll know when you see the uh, other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I like Bill Walsh, but. The thing I always liked about those 49ers teams, and and I used to say it at that time, was that they won, but they won with class. And I never liked teams overall who, and you can say what you want to about, not you, but people can say what they want to about Richard Sherman and all that stuff. Sherman's not a bad dude off the field. No. He talks trash on the field, but not all the Seahawks did that. I mean, that was kind of the thing. Cam didn't talk at all. He just let his play do the talking, right? But the thing I loved about the 49ers... Cam spoke volumes. <laughs> exactly. The thing I love about 40, the 49ers is they won at a high, extremely high level, but they did it right. with class, you know? And, and I always like that. It's like, yeah, we're we're just better than you on the football field. We let our play speak for that. We don't have to keep backing it up. You know? so. True that. You're number five. That said, I love Marshawn Lynch, and he's had a lot to say over the last week. Um, <laughs> yeah, he my, has. <laughs> Jesus. My, number number five, or my number five, five is Greg Popovich. Um, and really, because mine is roasted red peppers. Oh, I'm sorry, that's the other <laughs> list. Mine actually is Greg Popovich as well. It's is my it number real? five. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the same reasons that we gave for Pete Carroll. hundred. Yep, that's exactly why. And he's even nothing against Pete off the field. He's probably a fine person, but Popovich is a a fantastic. He and Steve Kerr. Like I'm, I'm not a. Yeah. I've, I don't dislike the Warriors or the Spurs. They were never my favorite team, but I don't want them to lose at the same time. Does that make sense? Because yep. I just love the way they, they go about treating humanity and their views on, hey, maybe humanity could be made better instead of like, I'm just yep. a basketball coach. Um, yep. So Exactly. That's it. Yep. Greg Pop. Pop so number is, my, is um, number five for me for the same reason. Four for me is Tommy Lasorda. I mean... If you have Tommy Lasorda as number four. I don't have Tommy Lasorda. I thought about Tommy Lasorda, but I was almost positive he would have Tommy Lasorda. But he did go baseball. But go ahead and tell me, tell us about Tommy Lasorda. I've never he, heard of this He coached baseball. No, um, <laughs> he, he was uh, just the <laughs> manager. He's a, he's a restaurateur. And, uh, <laughs> he is, yeah. Excellent he is a, a very outgoing, kind of that kind of ilk of manager of the like Earl Weaver and stuff. But Lasorda was also just hilarious had the whole connection with the with like sinatra and other things like that he's very italian but i just loved that his sense of humor but also that he could get super effing angry um but just hearing him 
and he was very successful as the manager of the Dodgers, which was my favorite team at that time. Um, but just off the field, again, it goes back to like this guy could just talk for hours about anything. And I would just be like, yeah, this is awesome. I mean, I just his whole personality, along with his ability to manage baseball at a high level is why he's number four for me. And so far, <clears throat> so far, we are, <clears throat> pardon me, somewhat linked because I did go with Earl Weaver for number four. A very different personality from Lasorda, obviously. <clears throat> but wow, excuse me. Talk about someone who could get That's angry. Tommy at Lasorda, times. he's got his hands on Earl. Yeah, no, it's, it's Earl. Earl has his hand on my throat. So that's the difference. Lasorda would have put his would have put his hands on you. Earl would have put put his hands inside you, and they would just go through like your ribs. That's, that's, that's sort of going all ribs. Pedro Martinez on you right there. Like... <laughs> but both of these guys, brilliant managers, as far as the the game strategy, very different strategy, right? But brilliant managers. They were just fun to watch. Absolutely fun to watch. And they managed to have winning teams as well. So number, we'll have the the theme starting now for the last two of mine. Number three for me is Roy Williams. Um, of course. You can guess who number two is. Um, so number three <laughs> is, is Roy Williams, who, of course, coached Kansas and he went to, I don't care about that, but he coached UNC yeah. and won three championships. And one thing I loved about Roy is he was player first, 100%. But he also, you know, post-game, he didn't care to show, hey, I'm a human being and I have emotions. I may actually cry sometimes just <laughs> from frustration or happiness or whatever. But he stood up for his players a thousand percent, always did. And I love coaches that do that instead of you know, Sean Payton. You know, it's I like the, <laughs> the coaches who, who will, I've got this yeah. player on my team. I chose this player to be on my team. I need to have their back. And he, he would, but he would also hold them accountable as well. But exactly. just five, five yeah. final fours, three national championships in 18 years with Carolina. I mean, it was just, uh, I, I just like Roy as a person. I, I also went with college basketball for uh, my number three, but I went with Pat Head Summit. Uh, I thought you were going to do Bob Huggins for a minute. but Well, I left him off of my, uh, my list of my uh, honorable, mention. honorable mentions easily qualify for that. Yeah, Pat Summit again, a player who had her a coach who had her players back. Obviously, a, a coach who didn't mind running her players uh, laps until they puked if they didn't play up to her, <laughs> her expectations, which happened to them sometimes, <clears throat> like immediately after games at times. But <clears throat> she got the most out of her players, always, every time. And unlike uh, certain dishonorable people, ran a clean program. Didn't didn't get jobs for players' uh, parents just to make sure that they would sign with the team up in Connecticut. So yeah, I mean Pat Summit, Calhoun, one of the Jesus, um, clearly one of the the best coaches in any sport ever. Someone yeah. who's just a phenomenal coach and a phenomenal, basically a force of nature, which really. In their own way, all of these coaches are, right? Yeah. It's not what they did just on the court. It's if it's their behavior as people that, that really shines through. Yeah, true. You're number two. That's I can't a, imagine who this will be, but who is your number two? Uh, hold on, just a jump. I, that was a, that's a great pick. I, I'm, almost, I'm sorry I didn't have it on mine because, but the only thing is, none of her players ever turned out to be good people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. That's so true. <laughs> It's like she she just made them good basketball players. She how many, care how, many, how many did 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 they ever have someone who didn't graduate? 
and while she I don't know. Up, I don't think they I mean and, and just her whole the whole thing with like when she started off she was still driving she was the bus driver yeah taking her players around the games well, when she started off she was still playing yeah and, but <laughs> oh that's yeah that's true but they, they that's played true. half court when she started for that's true a quarter of the court you know and you couldn't shoot within the three-point range it was crazy um <laughs> um you girls will get hurt if you try to do anything other than a layup. Yeah. We just rebound here. No scoring. So, okay. Well, Pat would um, love that. <laughs> like, I got fouled. We won two to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just, no, I mean, it was just, and that's that's one yeah. reason she was, I mean, she she wasn't overly hard because she cared about, as you said, she no. cared about them as human beings too. But right. she did that not to just make them better basketball players, but to make them good people. Exactly. And, and they turned out to be people that way too. Right. Yeah. Um, so number two for me is Gina. No, I'm just kidding. Number two for me <laughs> is, uh, is Dean Smith. Uh, almost exactly the same reason that you mentioned Pat Summit. Yeah. Almost exactly the same kind of coaching style. He wasn't as hard. He could be, he wasn't as hard as, as Pat Summit was because was had to do it because she had to do it because of the way women's sports was viewed at that time, because she, she had to make sure her players were, yeah. tougher like mentally tougher because of all the crap they had to put up with right yeah but but dean made sure that he again got his players to graduate care they knew they that he cared about them as human beings first and foremost that's what they hear i mean i went to i went to uh unc to, i went to the gym in 1985 i was a sophomore i think in high school maybe a rising sophomore no i was a rising freshman in high school and um I went to several different, I know I've told you the story, but um, I, I went to several different schools, ended up going to Maryland because my uncle at the time, was, uh, he, he passed away, but he was a big donor. So I got almost free stuff everywhere I went, except for Duke. The whole thing reinforced how I felt about colleges and basketball at the time. But when I went to um, UNC, uh, they, they didn't play in Dean Smith Center yet. They still played in Carmichael. And when Carmichael went in and there was a pickup basketball game and uh, anybody could walk, go in and watch, you know, it was like, oh. and it was Ralph Sampson and Michael Jordan and Buzz Peterson and Kenny Smith. And it, I know. And but then we, we used to go to the my it was my dad and I we used to go to the basketball office. So I went to the basketball office and Dean Smith wasn't there. But Coach Gut was Guthridge, who ended up replacing Dean Smith for a short time after Smith retired. He was there and he he brought me in and he was like, oh, you know, oh, where, where do you live? I mean, talk to me and my dad, like a human being in his office. And we, oh, we're in Tennessee. Oh, I was like, that's fantastic. You know, oh, do you want to you want a, a program for next year? I was like, yeah. I mean, well, here's a poster. I mean, he he that's treated crazy. me. Yeah, Guthridge treated me like I was a basketball star and I was just nothing, you know, just some kid who had shown up just because I was a fan of UNC. And there's no way that culture would have been there had Dean Smith not set that culture to be there. Yeah. And that that's one thing. I mean, he won, he only won two championships for Roy out Denham, but it, I mean, he it produced players that ended up being, you know, great NBA players, but he produced CEOs of company, great human beings. And so that's, that's why Dean Smith is number two for me. Again, it, it all goes back to everything we've mentioned. I, I'd be interesting to do, a different list with people who maybe are not like-minded because we incorporate how they are as human beings instead of just yeah. coaches. Right. And, but that goes in, it goes like there's musical artists out there who I've been fans of, but then they do 
crappy stuff. I won't listen to their music because what they do matters to me. Um, so yeah, I, there's there's a certain director, and I haven't seen one of his films in wow, I'm, it's over a decade at this it's point. A, oh, it's not Polanski. I haven't seen any of his films either. Yeah, <laughs> although it wouldn't be Polanski because I think he's done like what two, three films in the past. It's Woody Allen, I'm assuming. Mm, that would be the guy. Yeah. Um. Anyway, my number two is not Woody Allen. It uh, and you won't be shocked by this is Don Shula. And a lot of those oh, same yeah. qualities, a lot of those same qualities. But when we were talking about Belichick and people finally starting to get off the Belichick thing, and, and I'm not saying Belichick is a bad coach. He's not. He's a, he's a decent coach as far as the record on the field. He's kind of a shitty person because like, he's cheated to do that. And, you know, well, whatever. That's OK. And he's kind of an ass. And OK, that's fine, too. Whatever. He's not a terrible coach. He's just not a particularly good coach without Tom Brady. So... I think you posted on social media recently, 80 and 92 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like, which again, that's not a bad record, but people look at that and it's like, and they call this guy, he's in the running as one of the best coach of all time. That's laughable. It is so laughable. Again, like you were talking about Pete, right? Who's Pete done it with? Oh, Pete had Russ. It's like, yeah, Pete won without Russ. Before Russ, Pete won is winning after Russ. It was like, what did Belichick do? Nothing. Yeah, Pete's winning because Russ isn't there anymore. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, Don Shula, uh, and that's the guy that uh, Belichick is chasing. He actually has a better record without Dan Marino, a better winning percentage without Dan Marino than with Dan Marino. Well, Shula's winning percentage is ridiculous. Which right? seems kind of insane, right? But. Well, he, un- unless you know football. I mean, because yeah, he was. Yeah, exactly. But, but. With Dan, who runs 63%, which is pretty good clip, went 69% without. Yeah, she was down. I was about to say she was down years with Marino almost, you know, because yeah. what, how he yeah. started off with the Colts and then early, I mean, especially the early 70s. Miami yeah, teams. I mean, yeah, he had, he had Johnny Unitas as his quarterback on the down years. And then he, he won the championship with Earl Morrill. Won yeah. a championship again with Earl Morrill subbing. For Bob Greasy, yeah, he had Bob Greasy. Bob Greasy is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Bob Greasy is a Hall of Fame quarterback because he played right. for Don Shula. Don Shula won for the hybrid monster called Woodstrock. David Woodley, Don Strock, <laughs> that was their quarterback. They would they would swap these Forget guys. Forget about Don Strock. And he and he still won with those guys. Then so you know this whole this whole concept of oh Belichick is like Belichick isn't crap. Without Tom Brady, what does Don Shula do? Don Shula just brings in some, bring up, brings in a rookie, brings in a veteran, plays them both, still wins. Like, gee, I guess Belichick isn't that great, is he? But but the thing is, Shula is obviously beloved in the town, but Shula did so much in the community. Like again, a lot of coaches do that, right? I'm not saying oh he was outstanding and other coaches aren't. It's like. Well, a lot, of coaches, a lot of coaches do that because they feel obligated to do it instead of a lot of the ones we've mentioned do it because they want to do it. Yeah. And, and Shula was one of those and stood by his players. I mean, his players very much like the Seahawks that come back. The players keep. And it's not just the guys from 71 who keep on coming back and they all get together. The last of them, you know, on their crutches and they break open the champagne when, you know, the current last undefeated team loses and then they can all toast themselves and say they may hey, not be breaking it this year 
there's a certain team in the NFC West. They will. I think they will. Yeah, they'll lose. They'll lose. Oh, they get, they will, but I mean they're going to get their ass kicked by the Seahawks. Uh, nice, but God, m- man, they are. I know they are a little stout, right? I hate to say it, but oh my God, that team is pretty scary. Although I do love the fact that they put the Cowboys' nose in the dirt. Oh, 100. I, 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 the, it, you know, it just seems like 49ers fans just aren't. Um, sometimes they're arrogant, but any fan group they have the arrogant part. But it seems like every Cowboys fan is just like they're insufferable. Yeah. Yeah, like they win the Super Bowl every year when they haven't won it in three decades. I know, and it's like, what, what, what game are you watching? It's like most of them, half of them weren't even born the last time this team won a playoff game. It's yeah. like, come off it. Man. The Landry Hat, who's a fan side of the Cowboys yeah. site, wrote a, and and again, no disrespect to them, but they wrote an article about Trey Aikman, and it was kind of a stupid comment on Aikman's part, but him comparing Devin Witherspoon to. Deion Sanders because he did it after a Witherspoon tackle. Yeah. And I couldn't really I tell. I the same thing. Yeah. And I couldn't really tell where Landry, the Landry hat was coming from as far as, because they wrote an article saying how disrespectful it was. Um, and to me, I mean, Sanders was yeah. a, Sanders was a, he was, was a cowboy, but he's also a 49er and also a Falcon. <clears throat> I mean, he's not like, I'm a cowboy. <clears throat> okay. He, basically, he's a Falcon. It's like, yeah, he played with yeah, a, that's true. a Falcon. And, and, and when he made that comment, it's like, oh, this goes Deion. It's like, dude, when did Deion Sanders tackle somebody? Well, I, I, that's the thing. I couldn't tell if it was disrespectful because Sanders is like one of the best shutdown corners ever. But it was like, uh, it's not. I mean, the disrespect, the, the way the article should have been written is it's really disrespectful on both sides. I'm, and I actually put a, I had a news article and kind of said that, which was. You know, I'm not saying Devin Witherspoon is Deion Sanders as far as coverage skills. Maybe he will be one day. I mean, that that's a very high level, obviously, even if yeah. he comes close to it, fine. But Witherspoon has already, is already a better tackler than Sanders ever was. Yes, exactly. And that's when he made the comment. It was like he was talking about tackling. It's like, why did you see Deion Sanders lay yeah. a hit on somebody? Come yeah. off it. Exactly. Aggressive. I mean, he made tackles because he had to. Of course to, he made but tackles. It, but, but, you know, it's like if you're even comparing to somebody – Comparing to Ronnie Lott. Yeah. Comparing to somebody well, who right, could, right, right. Compared to a cornerback who would lay somebody out, man. It's like Or Richard Sherman. Yeah, um, exactly. It's like Yeah. I, the Landry had also said it was Dion was one of the greatest returners ever, and I was like, eh, was he? <laughs> I mean he was good, but one of the greatest ever. Mm, not so sure. Guy in Chicago would probably disagree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, pretty sure he would. Uh, correctly so. Anyway, uh, yes, we both agreed on Pete Carroll as our favorite coach of all time. And again, I'm not saying he's the best coach of all time, although you can make an argument for that. But and it's not just the fact that he's successful on the field. Obviously, he is. And again, going back to the thing about Belichick, it's like, well, Pete does it with whoever he puts in there. Yeah. But it's it's who he is as a person, and the fact that he treats his players as people. That's yeah. why they like that organization. And even the guys who uh, find themselves at odds with Pete, later on they come back and they want to yep. work for the organization. Yeah. How many times KJ Rice did that last week? He said, I've been on some, and I played for the Raiders for one year. He's like, I've been yeah. on some teams. He didn't want to say the Raiders, but he's like, I've been on some teams. And you go into the locker room and you're like, what, what exactly is going on here? You know, and then yeah. you go into the Seahawks locker room and it's like, oh, okay, I get this. It's totally understand. It's just, I don't know. But anyway, that's our. That's our show. Uh, next week, we will be talking a huge Seahawks win. 
over the Blue Bombers. Um, 14 to 3 is my prediction. Uh, as long as Winnipeg shows up ready to play. Otherwise, it's going to be a blowout. Why are you the worst? Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.